All right, we're back once again. Good to have y'all here today. And uh, we're going to talk about a subject that we all face from time to time, sometimes more than others. Sometimes it seems like it can be a, a constant plague in our lives. We're going to talk about insecurities. And that can mean different things from different people. And uh, we're going to start off today and we're going to look at, at one, one verse. And uh, that comes from Romans chapter 2 and verse 1. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou judgest, for wheresoever judgest another, thou condemnest thyself, for thou that judgest the same, that doest the same things. And of course here we're talking about, about judgment. We're talking about judging others. And that's one thing that the Lord instructs us not to do over and over again. And if you was to continue to going through this chapter, it talks about the reasons why that we are all sinners. And many times we think that because we like to, to rank our sin. You know, we like to say that, well... This is not as bad as this. Or we justify what we do. We put all of these man-made labels on things to help us feel better about ourselves and what we do. Because in reality, we are all sinners. And what we're supposed to do is, is that we're supposed to realize the fact that we all are sinners and we are supposed to turn to God. We are supposed to repent. We are supposed to want to do better and not continue down these patterns of sinful behavior. We're supposed to realize that we do in fact need a Savior, that we need Jesus in our lives, that Jesus is the only thing that can bridge that gap, that can repair the damage, that can secure us a place in heaven. But many times we don't do this realization and we want to, to justify our actions. Well, I had to do that because the good that was accomplished from it far outweighed the negative. Because this is so much worse. So what my little things that I do really doesn't count. But in reality, for God, sin is sin. And before we are covered from the blood of Jesus, the smallest sin or the biggest sin, it doesn't matter. It all blocks us from the glory of God. We get very used to condemning. So much so that when we look in the mirror, we can attack that person too. And that can be one of our, our greatest downfalls is when we attack ourselves. And what do we call this the self-attack? These are our insecurities. Because we look in the mirror and we see things that we don't particularly like. 
We might not the way, way our, our hair looks or the way our face looks or the way that our, our body is shaped. We may not like certain behaviors we do, certain inabilities that we may have. But what is it truly that shapes these things that we come up with, these insecurities? What is the the driving force behind it? We're concerned about how other people are going to see us. You know, think about that for a moment. You know, you might... You might have a blemish that you're concerned about but the, on your face. But the only way you can see it is when you look in that mirror. If you didn't have a mirror, you didn't, wouldn't even know it was there. You know, isn't that something that we go our whole entire lives and we've never actually seen ourselves directly? We worry about how other people are going to perceive us. And what kind of attention that will draw. And we do this throughout life. I want you to think way back, way back. Remember, remember your childhood. Remember them early days when you, you first start going to school. And you have that group. And it starts then. It starts then that we try to, to fit in. So we have to have common things. So whatever the, the go-to thing was at the time, you know, whatever the, the, the current shows were, the current video games, whatever the current fashion trends were, and if you didn't have those things, if you didn't know what everyone was into, then you became less than in the eyes of people, that is. It wasn't too long ago, it was during the holiday season, there was a, a nice little uh, Christmas show, and uh, it was set back in the 80s, which was in a time whenever I grew up, and the latest video game system was coming out, and it was this one child's quest to be able to, to get this thing because of the prestige and the, the enlightenment that you would get from your your fellow peers, that there was one privileged child on the, on the, in the area that went to the school, and, and he already had one, and he was seen as, as something great. And he was able to wield that like a power to be able to pick and choose who was allowed to associate with them. And through, we go throughout different times, and this seems like these things become the most important thing because we're insecure about who we are without having these 
things, we have no confidence without them. And see, all these things come and go. And they're not important. Because if you think back and try to picture the faces of the, of the people that you went to school with. Back then, now we're talking elementary school. We're going all the way back. How many of them can you remember? How many of them are you still in touch with today? You know, maybe we have a few lifelong friends, but in reality, many of these people have simply went and gone a separate way. The people that we had so much stake in, that we were so concerned about, how they're going to perceive us are no longer in our lives. We no longer see them anymore. We no longer hear from them. Their opinion no longer matters. And as we, we come up, the, the groups change. We, can, we leave our primary school. We go into college. Now we have a whole other different group of people that surround us, but yet we still have the same type of situation. We are insecure about how people perceive us, and we're trying to rise up to the standards that people, that mankind make, and we try to match that. How about your first job? You're trying to do a really good job. You're trying to impress people. You're going above and beyond. And you think that everyone really matters and really makes a difference. And then someone leaves. And what happens? They are replaced. Life goes on. The cogs still turn. The system still works. And we put in all of our efforts and we try to do everything that we can do because we want to impress. We feel like we're not good enough. We're, we can always do better. And then what happens? We move on and we go somewhere else. So how many of those people are we still in contact with? How many do we still see? How many are you still concerned about how they perceive you? And the numbers are very, very low. And this happens all throughout our life. We are constantly emerging ourselves in the groups and the groups keep changing. Through change, through evolution, we change. And we still keep trying to do the same thing over and over again. We're living in a society today where they are spewing absolute nonsense. Things that go against anything that is remotely, I won't even say science, I want to say common sense. We go against common sense. 
And what's even worse than that, we go against God. We go against his word. And it all comes down to insecurities. Because we have these these people that want to put on a persona because they can't function as normal adults. That's, That's what it comes down to. They can't function as normal adults. They can't accept the fact that God made you this. This is your role that you are to do in life. And they can't do it. I read an interesting fact the other day. It said that 77% of people that are eligible to join the armed forces by age, which is age 17 to 24, that demographic, that 77% are ineligible to be able to do so. Now, when we think about these, these 17 to 24 age demographic, I would think that this is people that are really in their prime. It is at the end of your primary and for some of you for your secondary learning. So your mind is still used to taking in knowledge, to be able to study, to be able to structure, compartmentalize. Physically, you're at the point where you're reaching your, your physical peak before we start that degeneration. And that's what humans do. We get to a certain point uh, for males, it's their early to mid-20s, females a little bit before that, but we reach a certain point where we, we grow, we develop, we reach our maximum physical potential, and then we start going the other direction, starting to tear. So we're at that point of, of physical peakness, mental sharpness, where our brains at that point should be close to being fully developed, being able to do complex tasks. This is what we think of when we say the future is this demographic. So it's scary when they say that 77% are ineligible to join the armed forces. There's a, a screening process Now, one thing is physical, so a portion of that is due to obesity. They're overweight and out of shape. 
and they would not be able to handle the physical requirements to be able to do so. The rest of it is due to mental health issues. It's scary to think that such a large percentage of the prime of the population is incapacitated to be able to not function doing, due to mental health issues. But it starts with insecurities. God tells us that we are not to be fearful. We are not to to want for nothing. That he will take care of us. But we have a big insecurity because God is not first and foremost. So if we don't have him that's taking care of that, as filling that void, that leaves a big openness to fill with all kind of doubt and fear and judgment for ourselves. First Samuel sixteen seven. But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look on not his his countenance or his height or stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as a man seeth. Looketh towards the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. So many times we stand in the mirror and we look and we see what everyone else sees. And we say that it's not good enough. We think our abilities come from testing. You know, that's what we we do in school now. We go through and we are taught how to take tests. That's our golden standard for everything is these standardized tests. And you have to have to go through you have a, a, a high school competency test so you have to see make sure you've learned everything you're supposed to learn and that's a, that's a standard and then we have all these placement tests that we have to go through and see what we've learned and based on these placement tests it determines whether or not you're you're qualified to go in this level of class or a lower level of class or where you need to be We do placement tests to see if you're for aptitude for job requirements. And the thing is, we can be taught how to take a test. But that doesn't translate into real life applications. Out in the the workforce, when we have these testing requirements, oftentimes people have an advantage because they have the material to study. They have the answers. 
they have what they need. And all they have to do is be able to retain and regurgitate that information long enough to get that check mark on that piece of paper. And for many people, we can have the knowledge. We can use it in a practical application. But when it comes to explaining it, that can be tricky. I was never a big, big math person, especially when you took all those classes that had letters in them, you know, when we're multiplying and dividing the letters. And uh, never was a big fan of that, especially when, when you got done that your answer was no better than your problem. I like to accomplish something. When I use math today, it's to get me to a point. It's to know how long to, to cut a board. It's to know how many pieces of material you're going to need. It's going to know how many, many bricks are going to be in that load. How many truckloads of dirt are you going to require. Those are practical applications. But those are the kind, not the kind of things that we are, are taught. And these things build insecurities because we're not properly armed to be able to tackle the things of the world. And for many of us, our minds work differently. I could sit down and I could come up with the answer, the correct answer. But I always had difficulties because the way that I did it wasn't the way that the overqualified professor wanted it done. So in the end, even though the, the answer was right because I didn't take the path to get there that was required, it was wrong. But we all see the world different and we have different ways of accomplishing things and we can accomplish the same result even though we might take a different path. You know, this is another reason why God doesn't want us to judge. Because we don't know the heart. We don't know the mind. God does. And we may be cutting someone off, even though they're still doing the right thing, just because it looks different to us. Many times we look in the mirror. And we don't like what we see. How many people have ever stood before and said that I'm not worthy to be saved? I'm not worthy to come to church. I've done too much wrong. 
insecurities. We hold ourselves accountable in the worst possible way and prevent ourselves from coming to God. When God tells us to come as you are, He is here to work with us in any state to rise above. You know, and here's the thing. If we could pull ourselves from rock bottom to get us to a point where we, we look better, we feel better, we're doing better, then why would we need God? He's there to see us all the way through from the worst possible condition. He wants to pull us up from that and he wants to carry us through every step of the way. Right now, there's a weight loss trend. I think there's always one of those, especially this time of year. We start the first of the year. We want to start there. And there's different kinds of medications now that we can take, injections and so forth, to give us that jump start, to make our bodies start behaving differently so we don't feel as hungry. We start burning more reserves and the, the weight starts coming off. It used to be that if you was going to have any kind of weight loss surgery, they wanted you to be able to lose a certain amount of weight in a certain amount of time before they'd even ever consider it. And that was to show that you're going to make the commitment to live a healthy lifestyle. Because no matter how you get there, there is no quick fix for anything. And it starts with an insecurity. We don't like the way we look. So we want to do something about it. And of course, we as humans, we're very impatient. And as long as we have this insecurity, it's going to plague us. So we want to be able to get rid of it quickly so we're not plagued by this insecurity. But the problem is with anything that there's a quick fix, there's always a trade-off. Many times the trade-off is it simply doesn't work. You're being scammed. But if we don't commit fully to a change, when you stop doing what you're doing, the weight's going to come back. If you go through the, the surgical process to make change and you don't change what you're doing, you can reverse the actions of everything you've done. You've went through all this expense, the pain, any kind of surgery is very uncomfortable. It's hard to recover from. And you've went through all that, but without changing your, your mindset, you can wind up in the same state that you started off with. It's all for nothing. How many times... Do we not talk about God because we're afraid of how someone might react to it? Be honest now. Because uh, here's our, our typical Christian response. 
we kind of fill out the room, we fill out the person and kind of see where they might stand. And then if we feel comfortable with it, we'll go ahead and maybe let a little something out and see if it, how it reacts to. And then if it, that goes well, we'll, we'll let out a, a little bit more. But we're really cautious about how we, we talk to people. And it goes back to the condition of the world today. We're scared to stand up for what is right. We are scared to stand up for God because there's people walking around with all these insecurities and we're afraid that we're going to hurt their feelings. But it's not so much their feelings that we are concerned about. No, the problem really lies with us because we are concerned about how they are going to perceive us for taking a stand. Let that sink in for a minute. We're not worried about hurting their feelings. We're worried about how they are going to perceive us. When we say, no, that goes against God, I cannot support that. We're not worried about offending them. And we shouldn't be because the only way that people hear the truth is by people speaking the truth. And sometimes the truth hurts. But we're worried about the backlash that might come to us. It wasn't that long ago we had music groups and bands, they were changing their names that they've had for years upon years because all of a sudden now they might be offensive to someone. But they weren't concerned about being offensive. They were concerned about how they were being perceived. That how people were going to look at them. You know, when we see these, these big marches and demonstrations and people holding up signs, how many of them are actually involved in the cause? How many of them did whatever they're, they're trying to accomplish, whatever they are for, how many of them are actually influenced by that? It affected them personally it affected someone in their family or someone they know. And if you want to get down to brass tacks, the answer is very few. Because it's not the, the cause that they're concerned about. They're concerned about the perception. If they look at me, look at what I'm doing, I'm changing the world. 
It's a grab for power on, at the most basic level. It's a way to feel part of something. It's a way to think that you're accomplishing something. They're trying to put their mark in history. What if I was to stand up here today and tell you that the world was flat? What if I was going to tell you that dinosaurs didn't exist? What if I was going to tell you that we've never been to the moon? And not only am I going to say these things, I'm going to bring compelling evidence. I'm going to bring stuff that's going to make you think. But you're going to say I'm crazy. You're going to say that's ludicrous. You're going to say that I'm a conspiracy theorist. And you're probably going to quit listening to me. And you got to ask yourself, why? Why would I not even consider any of this stuff? Especially with a, a pile of compelling evidence. I got one better than that. I do come up here every week and I talk about God. And I bring a bunch of compelling evidence. We can go back to the Word every single time for every single topic that we talk about and find the compelling evidence that we need. But yet, how much of it do we put into action? Do we give it a try? And for the same reason, you don't want to talk about the moon and the earth and all these different things is, is we're concerned about our insecurities. We're concerned about how people are going to perceive us. And we do the same thing when we talk about God. You know, we want to be friends of Jesus. We want to say that, but when it comes down to it, what's in our hearts? Are we more concerned about serving God? Or are we more concerned about the perception of people? And so many times that perception is what's going to win out every time. What is an insecurity? It's a feeling. I feel that I'm not good enough. I feel that I don't look good enough. I feel that I'm not capable enough. Those are our insecurities. They're feelings. And what is it about feelings? They're a human emotional response that we can't trust. God didn't talk about a whole lot of emotions. He said that anger is something that we need to be cautious of. We need to be slow to anger. Because there's a lot of ramifications when we get built up in that emotion. 
And God talks about love. Jesus speaks of love. But see, there's a difference because we have a conditional emotional response that we call love. What God calls love is not a human emotion. It is an act. It is something that is unconditional and it's something that we can't define because our human minds are not capable of understanding and producing the kind of love that God shows for us. So when it comes down to it, what's, what's the point of today? That it doesn't matter what you see in the mirror or what you think you're not capable of or capable of love because God has other ideas. David didn't look like a king in any way, shape, or form. But God saw something below the surface, inside, that made him able to receive the assistance from the kingdom of heaven that he needed to rise up and become that king. And God can do that with each and every one of us. Insecurities are excuses. They're barriers that is blocking us from our potential, blocking us from God, and blocking us from having peace and being happy. Oftentimes, our insecurities bump together with a bunch of others, and we wind up doing the wrong thing for the wrong reasons because it makes us what we think is going to make us feel better. But in reality, it doesn't because you cannot feel, fill that void of what Jesus is with anything else but Jesus. Only he can give you that peace and that love that you're craving. And all these things that we are seeking is missing him. He's the only thing that can fill that void. We've got to have him. And as we've talked about today, that we are so concerned about what man thinks because man judges us. God tells us, don't do it, but we still do it anyway. And we're so concerned about how man sees us and views us. And I heard a, read a, a thing the other day and it said, do the right thing even if you're the only one doing it. In today's world, we need to take that to heart. Do what God wants us to do, even if we're the only one doing it. Because in the end, it's not going to, to matter. When we go up in front of that great throne of judgment, in front of God, and we are being accountable for what we've done in this lifetime. It's not going to be the people around us that's going to be asking the questions. It's going to be God Almighty.
And when we stand up there and we stutter and say, well, I was feeling this way. I was concerned about how they were going to perceive me. God's not concerned with any of that. God's given us everything that we need to know. He's told us how we should act, how we are to live our lives, what we should do. And that is what matters. And if you want him to say, well done, my faithful servant, 